Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy. I'm your host, Rich Fournier, and in this episode, I sit down with Stephanie Wilson, a top producing real estate agent located in Indiana in the US. Now, Stephanie has been a number one ranked real estate agent in Indiana for five years in a row, and she's a top 100 agent according to Real Trends. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about her journey from social services work to producing as a real estate rock star. Now, Stephanie explains how she manages to carry 60 to 100 listings at any given time as a loan producer. She also explains how she markets without paying for leads and what systems she has in place to keep her admin staff engaged in a crazy chaotic business. You don't want to miss this episode as she lays out the timing and content of her client touches and the underused platforms that bring her business. So stay tuned. Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Hey everybody, Rich Fournier here for the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, and in today's episode, super excited to have a top 100, a top 90 agent in the entire United States, according to Real Trends, Stephanie Wilson, based out of New Albany, Indiana. She's with Schuler Bauer Real Estate. I'm super excited to have you with us today, Stephanie. I'm excited to be here. Stephanie, you know, I I did intro you as a top 90 agent in the entire country. Real Trends ranked you top 90 in the country. You had, um, you were just shy of 180 individual transactions last year. And if anyone is in real estate, they know, my goodness, it's hard to do 20. Never mind, 100 <laughs> and, almost 180 transactions yeah. last year. Like, do you sleep? You know, the funny part is, I do. I have good systems. And I tell people that all the time. I have great systems that kind of allow me to kind of function. You know, there are weeks that I don't. <laughs> you right. know, some weeks are busier than other. But yeah, I just have good systems in place, so it kind of helps me out. Um, like you know, when I communicate with um, agents or you know around the country in Canada and the United States, you're an anomaly. I got to be honest with you. You're an anomaly, um, <laughs> and and I mean that with 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 like love like it's unbelievable to do that amount of business and you're in a small town uh, less than 40,000 people um i'm sure competition is fierce and um before we get into the nuances of the real estate business how long you been in the game for this is my 15th year <laughs> not 40 years not 30 years 15 <laughs> year top 100 in the country um and um, you have a, uh, a bunch of people that work for you now, or is it just you by yourself? Yeah, so I'm the only agent. Um, I don't have a team, but I do have three admins. Uh, one person is strictly just all that lovely paperwork, and then the other two are marketing. Just That's all they do is marketing. It's all they do is marketing. That's mm -hmm. a really interesting thing, and I'd really like to get into that in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, as you know, this podcast is about what is, why is someone creating a peak result when other people don't create a peak result in a particular industry? 
um, you're doing some extraordinary work, and I and I, I always wonder what makes what makes you so special. To be honest with you, like what is that magic sauce? You know, for me, in starting out, I had I didn't know anything about real estate when I started out. I kind of did it just on a whim. Um, I had somebody sell my house. It kind of like everybody else. They think, oh, I can do that. And so I got into it and uh, it was a lot harder than what I thought. But, you know, I've always been one. I think the big thing is, and it's probably easier to do it in a small town, is to build relationships. And I, and I always strive to do that. And sometimes it's, it doesn't um, make you money to do that. Sometimes you, you take a loss in doing that. So I've always been very blessed in kind of building those relationships. And then um, my follow-up, I have, you know, for 15 years, I have every three months sent out some kind of what we call them now pop buys and I stay in touch with my people because I don't want them to forget about me. I don't want them to, you know, walk into an open house and not think, Oh, I like this house. I want, you know, I want to write with you. I mean, I want them to call Stephanie. And so that's really what I've worked and strive to do is build those long lasting relationships. And when you look at when you first got started, did you have an amazing, huge database that someone gave you, you to, to promote yourself? Not at all. I came from 20 years in social services, and I just got burnt out on that. And I decided I was going to go back to school and get I had an associate's degree. I wanted to get my bachelor's degree. And so I did not at all. But I will tell you, I'm one of those people, and everybody in this area laughed. Like, when I started, I did three open houses every weekend for 12 years. I did one on Saturday from 12 to 2, Sunday 12 to 2, 2 to 4. I would rush from one to the other. And unless it was a holiday weekend, I didn't miss a beat. Wow. Wow. Work ethic is extremely important. How many hours would you put in on any given week now? You know, with this current market, I, I put anywhere between 60 and I would say 80 Sometimes a hundred. It just really depends on kind of what what you do. Um, I discovered during the pandemic that I am a workaholic, and so everybody kind of said, "I'm going to take advantage of that." And I thought, "I'm going to go crazy." So I actually worked extra hard during the pandemic, reaching out to people, doing things, using social media, um, just to kind of you know work. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Um, when you got started, so you did all these open houses, and then did you start? You know, 15 years ago, online leads were not a thing at that time. Mm -hmm. um, today, do, do you use, utilize technology to generate um, prospective clients online? To, I have never paid for leads. Um, I'm just, I just, I, I don't, I have an issue with that sometimes. I hate to pay for something that I've already generated. Right. So really, um, I live off referrals. I use social media. Um, a lot. I mean, from mainly Facebook, you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, those type things. Um, but you know, it's, but I've discovered that I have a business page, but most of the business I generate is off my personal page. So I try to keep it, you know, some personal professional where I don't drive people crazy and, uh, no political, nothing, nothing like that to stay safe. Right. And uh, that's where I really generate a lot of my business. Um, and, you know, every week I will, I, I watch other people's Facebook and I, I do 25 to 50 handwritten notes every week that, you know, Joe had a birthday, Mary lost her father. And, you know, and I, I write a note and I say, Hey, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I don't say I want your business, but I put my card in there. And that, that, 
shows people you care. Right, it sure does. Um, I'm really curious about what you do on Facebook to generate business. Uh, a lot of people use Facebook just to, to post and say hi, or they take pictures of their dog. And, and how, do you have an, a, a, um, a systematized process to create business on Facebook? I would say my business page definitely is systematized. You know, we um, use Hootsuite and we, you know, we, uh, I keep anywhere from um, 60 to 100 listings at one time, um, all the time. And so, you know, we kind of generate, obviously, um, kind of, you know, rotating those. We always like to put good, positive articles out there, informational articles. And on my personal one, I just try to get people to interact. I, you know, like on Instagram, I ask questions. I, I get in, you know, I get involved. And I think, you know, you can't just put my, in my opinion, is you just can't put um, things out there and then expect people to respond. You got to figure out a way to get them to interact. And then you in turn have to interact on theirs as well. And so that's, that's been my biggest, I think my biggest um, resource. Because that's super difficult to spend the time commenting and, 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 playing in someone else's space um, in social media, that I find very difficult to find the time to do that. I will tell you, I, I used to actually teach the new agents here. And the first thing I taught them is in this business, no matter how busy you are, you have to time block. You have to time block that time to blog. You have to time block that time to use the social media tools. And you have to say, you know, I'm going to spend two hours this day, no matter if it's in the morning or in depending on my schedule um, and doing and doing that because if you don't time block my biggest saying is never to get too busy working in your business that you're not working on your business that's what I tell everybody because you may have 10 buyers that you're absolutely going crazy and you get accepted offers but you're, if you're not continually kind of working on your business then the next month or the next month you're you're not going to have business then and you're not do you know so it's kind of you got to learn that system but time blocking is my and I still do it to this day my number one key is I have to do that and I have certain things that I have to get accomplished every week and it and it may be I've got to get it done on Monday and it may be I can do it on a in the morning or in, in the evening, but I got to make sure that I do it. What gave you the faith um, to come from social services to jump in the game of real estate where there is no guarantee of any income whatsoever um, and to start doing open houses and have faith that you're going to do business? I'm, I'm assuming you have responsibilities yeah. financially. Yeah. 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 I was terrified. We were actually had a house for sale. We had built a house. We had two mortgages. And, um, you know, I, I just, anytime I do it, I just put my head in the game and I'm, I'm always, you know, it's kind of funny. I look at now what we can do on marketing, but you know, back then the day I had one of those old science boards, I had, you know, put little flyers on there and I thought I was really innovative, you know? Um, I, I, I was terrified. I, I worked, um, a morning job just to put gas in my car cause we really couldn't afford it. And I have, I'm blessed with a wonderful husband. We just had our 29th anniversary yesterday. So, um, he supported me 100%. And then, you know, it just kind of seemed like right about the time I was ready to give up, I'd have another closing and it'd cover my bills. And then I have another closing and, you know, it just kind of, you know, it spiraled from there. I, you know, sometimes I look back and I think, I don't even know how this grew, but it did, you know? And, uh, 
and I'm just super blessed. I, I just, that's why I think the thing I consider is, you know, it's, um, I always try to keep myself in check and realize that as quick as it comes, it can go away. So how do I, how do I, you know, continue to maintain and to do that? It does require a lot of faith to jump into a game where these are big transactions. It's not like buying a cup of tea. Um, and I'm assuming there was lots of competition when you got started as well. Yeah, there was. You know, um, when I first got started, there was a ton. You know, we kind of had that market crash. It kind of leveled back out. And then, um, and then there, you know, and then it kind of, I think I see a trend of, you know, with the way the market is, I think there's a pool of us that are crazy busy right now. There's a lot of people that um, didn't use the time during the pandemic. I mean, I'm going to say wisely. And so they're struggling right now. And, um, and, you know, it, and so I think we're going to lose out. I think we're going to, it's going to slow down some. Um, I do do two states. I have Indiana and Kentucky probably only 5% of my business is in Kentucky and then the rest of it's in Indiana. So now you mentioned you carry 60 to hundred listings at any given one time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. When I have 60, I feel low. Like I'm low right now. <laughs> so, okay. So, so let's, 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 let's talk about this for a second. All right? Like I think you're going to blow some minds up here in Canada, an individual agent dude holding on to 60 to hundred listings on their own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. with all of them and you tried to do five offers yourself this weekend yeah yeah oh yeah 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 okay. it's just you know it's just again it's just kind of it's so funny like in in forming those systems and it's nothing special it's just you know how i do what we do and and staying consistency in this job is so important it's so easy to manage like when we get a listing we know like you know okay where it starts at you know our initial email to the seller to sitting everybody up on all their reports and what they're going to get from us and then you know we we touch base with them every two weeks on the phone if and then we you know do a monthly report and so of course having wonderful admin really helped because I could never do that on my own but you know kind of that consistency and you know even if their home doesn't sell they know exactly what I am what I am providing for them because I do residential resales I have two builders I do commercial and I do land as well so I kind of do all of that and what percentage of your deals would be resale as opposed to new construction probably about 75 percent uh, re 75 percent resale mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep yep okay that's because it is substantially more work to do resale it you know it definitely it definitely is it definitely is and and i'm very blessed like i said i don't have to um i don't have to i i don't go canvas neighborhoods i don't pay for leads all of my resales come from really referrals um and then we do a lot facebook marketplace that type of thing um those type of leads um so that's kind of I think it makes it easier that I, I don't have to spend the time to go out and get them because obviously that takes a lot of time to do. And so it's kind of nice when you get to the point where the business comes to you. So, Right. So let's, let's kind of go back just for a minute. So you started off doing three open houses every single weekend. Mm -hmm. Assuming you would have taken their phone numbers, <clears throat> emails, and names and put them into a marketing CRM system of some sort at that time? Yeah. You know, I... I have always been um, where I like to do the touches myself. Like I do not like those automated, 
monthly newsletters type thing. I do use New Panda that does send like a monthly newsletter, but everybody and I have several thousand people in my in my database um, that I every quarter send some type of pop up. And, um, and again, it's usually some type of thing and it's kind of like, Hey, if you're thinking about our selling, give me a call. It's something creative. You know, it's kind of funny. This last time we came up with an idea that it was this, you know, it was this card with a B on it. And it said, you know, the real estate market's going to be okay. And we sent out honey sticks with it, you know? And so we try to make it like, it's not one of these automated letters that people send out we make it as personal as we can um and people appreciate that and you know when you do that people tag you in facebook and they say hey you know we love getting your stuff like i'm taking a listing next week and it was one of my very first sales 15 years ago and i've literally sent them something you know constantly and they're like we would not think of using anybody else and it's because you stayed in touch with us that's amazing. So you, you, your stay in touch mechanism, super hyper focused, very important. Mm -hmm. Right. That, that new business from old business constantly. Yeah. And so when you look at what an agent could do today mm -hmm. in COVID, so I'm not sure if open houses are allowed where you are today. Um, I know where we are the Toronto market, they're not allowed today. They, they just started back for us on a kind of like a safety standard. Yeah. Um, but you know, one of the biggest things that I've seen, it's kind of funny how this trend has gone back, you know, for the longest time years ago, people used to send out cards and they, you know, would stay in touch. Then we got into email and, and texting and basically everything kind of became impersonal. One of the things I think people want today is people want personal. 100% I think people are missing that, you know, that personal touch. And so I think, um, and I don't care what market you're in, letting people know that you care and um, just, you know, saying, hey, uh, you know, I went literally went through my database and the people that I knew were living on their own. And I literally sent a card to them, handwritten note that said, and just, you know, just a little thing in there with a mustard seed that said, I want you to know you are not alone. You are not alone. If I could ever do anything for you, please let me know. And we got huge, huge, huge response with that. So I think the biggest thing I would say in today is I think CRMs are great. And I think all of these things are great, but I think you I think people need kind people and people need to know that you care. And I, to me, I think that's the trend that's really going to get people more business. I truly think that. Yeah. People don't care what you know till they know how much you care about them. Exactly. And then people appreciate obviously what you know. Um, but you know, you have to perform, you gotta, you know, come to the table when it happens. But I think, you know, when deals are going wrong and, and you make it, you know, not personal to the point that you're taking it home, that they know you're not just selling their house, that you care about them, you care about, you know, that type of thing. I, I do. I really think that it makes a difference and it's made a huge difference in my business. And, you know, I, we have something here on our MLS that's called a, a client portal. And so it's, you know, you can set people up to receive houses automatically. And I think I have about 800 people right now that I have on my portal that, you know, again, they may not buy right now, 
but um, I'm sending them homes and I and everybody that I meet I ask them and I put them in there but again that's kind of the consistency in the system that I do and so if they're finding out about a new house they're finding out about it from Stephanie they're not going to Zillow they're not going to real um, Stephanie is Stephanie's letting them know and so I think again that consistency on that but then the personal touch is just super super important right now so I find that really interesting instead of you know what you've done, you said, even though if you're never going to buy a house or maybe you're just kind of interested in an area, would you be open to me sending you new things that come into that market? It doesn't matter when you're going to do anything. Uh-huh. So it's not, so you've really sidestepped Zillow. I, you know, I have. And the thing is, and I tell them, I'm not going to bug you. I'm not going to call you every week and say, hey, are you ready to buy a house? I'm going to send you these listings. At any point in time, you don't want to look anymore. Let's say you bought a house. You hit unsubscribe and you're done. And I tell you, I may have four or five unsubscribed a year, but that's it. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you, so what's the average resale there for you? Um, I Around... I want to say less than 200,000. Wow. So 180K around there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and then you look at your admin stuff. And by the way, I so appreciate you. I, so, I, know, I, I know we're getting a little granular inside the real estate business, but I, I think it's important to give some of our listeners context. Because mm-hmm. you know, when I, I interviewed someone a little while ago who, you know, who's just shy of 300 individual. Um, wow! Guys, doing he did five hundred with us a min staff of nine. Wow! Like, and that's a uh, you know, but we don't see those numbers up here. Like, we have teams up here in the in Canada that you know do five hundred, six hundred deals, but they have a team of sixty. 50. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So plus admin. So you know, like to hear an individual agent doing almost two hundred is un heard of where we're at and I'm trying to figure out why I'm trying to understand mm-hmm. that is an absolute peak result so if I get too granular let me know because I'm trying oh, to no, yeah. how you operate um, so you have you have uh, admin staff um, you're the only one on the deals um, it's your face and you have um, one person who does all the paperwork and mm-hmm. then you people that all they do is market so let's mm-hmm. talk about those two marketing people what okay. does they look like um, so I have one that's just a wonderful designer. Like he creates, we do a flyer um, for every house. We do kind of a listing packet for every house. And we create these with, um, you know, in the go, of course, the information about the house, the information about the neighborhood. And we have that available, you know, at the listings where we can email it automatically, that type of thing. So that's what they do. The commercial that gets a lot more, um, you know, a lot more intense on, on what we put together. So, you know, as soon as we get a listing, um, you know, we add it to Facebook Marketplace. That's actually, believe it or not, uh, I have a daughter who is just in her first year in real estate. And uh, she's always like, can I be on your team? I'm like, no. I don't have a team, <laughs> uh, but she, Good on your own, kid. <laughs> I know, I know, but she literally just lives off my Facebook marketplace leads and we could get 30 or 40 of those a week. Um, you take the list, put it on marketplace and then people inquire. Mark, mm-hmm, marketplace Craigslist. And then we actually have a list of, um, websites, whether it be commercial or um, residential of places that the syndication doesn't hit. And so we have a big list of, so we will 
put them on there automatically. So Facebook, Marketplace, Craigslist, and about five or six other for commercial. And we have about 10, I mean, five or six other for residential. And we have about 10 different ones commercial that we have to enter manually. And we have to update manually any changes or anything like that. And so, um, and so that's kind of really, you know, then our then our system kind of starts on, you know, how we market it, the new listings. Um, again, we do, I literally do, um, of course, not myself personally anymore, thank goodness, about 30 to 40 open houses every weekend. So I have a lot of agents who don't have any business that um, are looking for business. So then I coordinate all of those open houses. And so, you know, we put the signage out and then we, um, and then we, you know, do all the marketing, we tag them in Facebook posts and that kind of stuff. And then so we make sure that, and that's another thing, you know, I kind of say is somewhat of a seller pleaser, you know, because everybody likes, around here they like open houses. Ironically, Indiana open houses do great. Kentucky, not so much, you know. Um, so anyway, so we coordinate 30 to 40 open houses every weekend. So that person kind of does that as well. But, you know, a lot of people don't think about using LinkedIn or, or Google business. I mean, I get, a, I've gotten quite a bit of international business from Google, my Google business page and using that as well. And so we just kind of have those systems that as soon as we get a listing, we know where to populate that and, and, uh, how to get that going. Um, and so when you look at coordinating those open houses for other agents do you have you thought about just adding to your team then no you know I have to tell you I think I would probably be one of the hardest people to work for and um because I just like things my way and what I discovered is and this is not anything I have yet to find somebody that wants to work the way that I work and as hard as I work and and you know what the other people that are working that hard are other top producers who wouldn't want to be on wouldn't want to be on a, on a, you know, a team with somebody, you know? So again, we've been, I think, I think this is our fifth year being number one in Indiana. Um, and then we've been about four years of being in the top 10 in ERA nationally as well. So. Unbelievable amount of business. I'm, I'm still in awe of what your production is. Um, if you were going to advise an agent today to get started in this game and be able to not only survive but thrive in the future, what should they do to begin with? They need to work their sphere of influence. Um, I was teaching a new agent one day and he was really struggling, really struggling. And then one day it hit me, he owned an insurance company and I'm like, have you reached out to everybody that is in your business here to tell them you're a realtor? Like, no, I didn't think about that. I'm like, I'm like, so the first thing is that people are so worried about getting new business, but I think it's so important for, you know, your sphere, put that sphere together. Who can you, you know, who can you tell that you're a real estate now that trusts you as a friend or a family member and, you know, or an ex coworker that would think about you in the real estate business. So that's the first thing I'd tell you is to come up with a marketing plan to your sphere. One of the things I tell new agents all the time, I said, go on your social media and say, hey, I want to give you a present. If you send me your address, I'm going to mail you something. And, um, and then I said, you know, a lot of people have this huge return. And then really, like, I, I did that and I mailed people a four-leaf clover and with an Irish blessing. So the thing is, they think I'm being nice, which I am. However, then I am taking all of their information and then locally if they're local, storing it, and then now they become part of my, a part of my, um, you know, pop by. 
you know, I'm one of those people that I say farm a neighborhood um, to get started, but people crack me up. They'll go and they'll go one time. And I'm like, no, no, no. You go, like you would farm that neighborhood for three months. You would knock on doors until you talk to people and you leave things and you, you talk to people. And then once you've hit every door, some of them, you know, 20% of them may say, go away, never come back. That's a great learning lesson on how to, you know, tuck your tail and, and, and accept that. But I mean, you know, just work in your sphere, whether it's your neighborhood, your family, that type of thing, and then work on the new business part. When you, um, it sounds like you're willing to do the hard work that some people aren't willing to do. Like, I mean, I mean, you're willing to get out there to promote and market yourself with no guarantee of doing a good transaction. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the differentiator. You're willing to do the small detailed work to develop a relationship over time. And yes. you have absolute faith that somewhere, somehow, this business will come. You know, when you're consistent with people and you're honest, and sometimes you help them out without, a, without an expectation at the end, I can't tell you how much referral business I get from somebody that maybe was a four sub owner, and they just need a little bit of advice that obviously wouldn't get me in trouble, but just, you know, just a couple of questions. And, you know, I say, you know what, hey, here's where a good place for you to market at, you know, do these things. And then if it doesn't work, I would love to help you. And so, you know, just give them some, a little bit of advice. And you would not believe, even if they sold it for some owner, when they have a friend who's looking for a realtor, they say, call Stephanie. She helped me out even though she knew that she wasn't going to sell my house. And so, and you know, sometimes you want to kick yourself being like, you know, but I mean, it gets you, it gets you business. It really does get you business. Right. When you look out, um, do you see technology and companies like Zillow, Trulia, and are they in a red pin? Uh, sorry, red fin is another one. Um, do you see that iBuyer programs picking up steam? Where I, I think there's going to be a lot of people who try it, but I think one of the things that they're going to discover, we have a company here that's kind of like, um, it's, it's, I'm not going to name it, but it's kind of like you will put it on the MLS for you for, you know, $200. And then of course me as a buyer's agent will go sell their house. And then we do 1000% of the work because they don't know what they're doing right? and um, they don't have an agent over here that's going to help them. Right. And so I think what's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of people who are going to try it, but really are going to realize very quickly that we are not just collecting a commission. We really do know, and we have systems in place to support them and, and have their best outcome and to keep them out of trouble. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, and I think um, it may pick up some because there's a lot of people are going to go, hey, I don't need an agent. But I think there's a lot of people who are going to realize very quickly that just having a presence there and having that support is going to be what they need. So it may pick up, but I, I don't see it being long lasting. How do you keep yourself so motivated, you know, after, you know, say doing almost 200 deals last year? How do you keep it going again? Like, like, where do you find this strength of character to keep going? You know, I just wake up every day hitting the floor and just, you know, take my time to meditate and go, okay, this is going to be a good day. 
you know, and even like, even though I wrote a lot of offers and didn't get them this weekend, which, you know, like I said, I'm a sore loser. I go, you know, what am I going to do to, um, you know, work harder, work smarter. What can I do, you right. know, um, to help these clients that didn't get them. But I just wake up every day and think motivated. I'm motivated and I have to stay positive. And if I didn't stay positive, then I, I couldn't keep, I couldn't keep it up. Um, and you know, I think there's some good that always comes out, even if it's a failed deal. I mean, you know, what can we learn? What can we do? How can we keep it positive? And I, again, I think that once again brings, um, business back to you because people if they see you during a difficult time that you're not expressing your feelings towards the other realtor or the transaction in a negative way if you know like I lost the deal last night the buyer lost their financing and I say you know what it my seller it wasn't the right buyer you know maybe you know you, you took you know we're taking a loss here like let's look at it this way and you know it gives us time to fix these items so just try to take everything that happens and try to turn it into a positive and I say that way with my staff and just in life in general so question last question on this the granular stuff your staff are they on salary or are they contract they are contract with bonuses for every closing that I have so that motivates them that motivates them to um, obviously what we can do together as a group to have more closings because the more closings we have, the more money they make. And so that's been hugely successful. Right, right. And you've, um, have you had to adjust that over time or has that been, you just. That's pretty much, that's pretty much worked. I, you know, during the pandemic, it was interesting. I knew I was losing a staff, but she was only going to be with me for a year right as the pandemic started. But my right hand person, um, who I absolutely adored with me for six years, uh, gave me her notice. She just said she couldn't take real estate anymore. It was too stressful. And so, um, you know, a lot of it sometimes is the bad attitude things from other people, you know. And so anyway, so during the pandemic, on top of everything else, I had to Zoom interview and hire new staff and stuff. I was a wee bit stressed then. You know, we've got some learning curves right now. But the great thing is, is and all of my, and I have two new staff have said, walking into having those systems and play like we know what we need to do i'm kind of one of those obsessive people like every every transaction every scenario there's a binder for that you know so i'm kind of one of those people and so yeah um but it's it's definitely has worked and it makes people i think work harder because you know when you have a week that you have 15 closings and they're like holy cow and i'm like yep so let's work to have this next week and the next week so yeah Unbelievable to be able to handle that amount of volume with that limited staff and brand new staff. Is there any other advice you can give agents today to, if they really want to push to, to get to your level, what would you tell them to do? I would say sit down and open up to a top producer and hopefully they'll be open to you. And I'll do that with any agent. And, you know, I get a lot of agents who are like, why would you share all of this information? Because I'm like, come into my office Look how we market, like you can, you know, look at every bit of it, 100%. And people will say, why will you do that? And I'll say, I will be honest with you, because only 5% of you will actually use it and use it consistently till you become successful. And I think that's the big thing. And I will tell you, the big thing is don't get discouraged just because, you know, you try something that doesn't work the first week or the second week. You, you have to you have to implement it nothing happens overnight and people are always asking me and I'm like look 
I wish I, all I did was sit down and eat bonbons all day long. But, you know, I mean, like, I still have to do what I do. And you just have to do it consistently. In some weeks it pays off, in some weeks it doesn't. But just because it doesn't pay off, I still do it. I still consistently do it. And I think there's this misconception out there because teams are all the rage where we are. Um, and everyone wants to start a team. And I'm like, sure, those are those are very unique characters that can um, run a mm -hmm. team. And But most people running a team are still working really hard. Yes, they. I mean, we have a lot of teams here, and I think a lot more people are opting to do that. Um, and like I said, I, I would rather have my money go towards my admin than, than do that. And I, I think there are some teams here that are hugely successful. I just know for me that's not my – that's not where I think I would – I like to have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with, with my um, buyers and sellers. Yeah. And one of the things I've discovered with a team around here is because like, you know, let's say one person writes an offer with the buyer, then the next person deals with the home inspection. Then the next person deals with this and next person does the closing. They don't form a relationship. So a lot of times when they're going to buy their next house or something, they don't have a specific relationship. And so they'll, come to an open house and write an offer with me. And so that's kind of why I'll, you know, I like to do, and, and I'm a control freak too, if you ask my husband. So. No, I think it's, I, I, your story and your messaging is resonating with me because I'm, you know, I've talked to other people in the U S who subscribe to your theory and they're very successful too. They're doing mm -hmm. business and they're very happy, but being front and center with the client. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I couldn't imagine any other way. Right. Sounds like you really enjoy what you do. I do. I love my job and I love getting up and coming to work and I love my staff and, you know, I, 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 I enjoy and I, I look at it as, as not just, obviously I've been blessed financially, you know, in this career, but I just look at it as, you know, something that, um, how, how else can, you know, you not enjoy, you enjoy what you do and you, you make the kind of money that, you know, you can never dreamed you're going to make. So, you know, you put those two together and that's good. Have there ever been points where you were like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. That's usually when I take a road trip <laughs> and uh, I'm kind of one of those random road trip kind of things. We'll fly out West and drive home. And right. uh, yeah, there are just times that I have to, there are times that you just, you know, and I think that's the hardest part in this is, there's times that you just can't please everybody. And that's where I learned to really depend on my, on kind of like what my systems are, because let's say I'm not successful in selling a house or a deal falls through and somebody's angry at me. I have to go back and look and go, did I do everything that I needed to do? And sometimes I go, you know what? I maybe could have done this better and learn and learn from that. And, you know, kind of, you know, admit to that person to go, you know what? I, you know, I felt like I did this for you, but I, you know, maybe I could have done this or whatever, but, and then not beat myself up and go, it's a learning lesson. And usually what happens if you don't sell it, then they'll list with somebody else and they'll lower the price where you said that it needed to be lowered and they'll do everything that you said they need to do and it'll sell in two days. And I'm like, really? You right. know, but, yeah, but just kind of learning from that. But I think if you truly have the systems in place, like for every buyer, we know what we're going to do. For every seller, we know what we're going to do. For every investor, for every commercial, we know what we're going to do. And we and we do it consistently. And I think when you don't have those systems and you're always in this business, you can always be like this constantly. And the problem with that is, one, you're, 
it's so easy to screw up. And then two, at the end of the day, people realize that you don't have your stuff together and then they're not, maybe not going to use you again. And they're going to, a lot of times there's almost every deal, there's chaos in the background. Very 2% of the time my clients know about it. The rest of the time I work with the loan officer or the other realtor or somebody to try to fix it before it gets to the, to the client. And I think that's really important too, is not letting the client know everything we do in the background. Right. Controlled chaos in the background's always there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I appreciate the time you gave and, you know, you bring a unique perspective to this real estate game and to create a peak result in this game where, you know, NAR is saying less than 90, 90% churn in the game of real estate. So 90% of agents will be out of the game within five years. Wow. And, and, you know, here you're producing at a level that is unheard of up uh, where we are. I think there's one guy that I've interviewed near us that, you know, is around your level by himself with some admin. Um, and you're bringing a brand new perspective, just so you know. You're, you're oh, helping to awesome. see what's possible, right, in their life. But something that's coming, has become more true for me is that you must really love what you do. If you don't, there is no way that you can perform at this level. No, you, you couldn't because, you know, I, I know realtors here that say, I'm turning my phone off at 7 p.m., which is great. You've got to... I will tell you, I am probably not the best, and thank goodness I have a loving husband. Um, at, you know, at saying, you know, trying to turn my phone off at seven o'clock or or whatever. Um, I mean, this is a twenty four seven business when you're dealing with the most most people, the most expensive thing they're ever going to do. And I just think, um, you know, again, letting them know you care. It's not just about you're making your commission. Um, it just it really helps. It really helps. I appreciate you very, very much. You're an outstanding realtor and you, you just give your, your information so freely. So I appreciate it. Is, if someone wanted to reach out to you today, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, definitely via email uh, would be the best. And, I, and I'm always so happy to help and share anything that, you know, we can, we can help. I always say there's enough business out there for everybody and especially in all these different markets and things. So email, if you you definitely want to share my email, I'm always so happy to, to, um, to do that. Maybe one day I'm just going to fly down and be a fly on the wall and watch you work. Yeah. And you'd be like, she's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being you. I really appreciate you. Have yourself an amazing day and uh, good luck out there post COVID. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com call. We'll chat soon.